Welcome to Shortcuts. My name is Catherine McLeod. Join me each month on alternate fortnights. That's every second week following the monthly Spoken Web podcast episode for Spoken Web's Shortcuts. Short stories about how literature sounds. On Shortcuts, we explore what you can make by cutting up and splicing sound digitally. What kinds of new stories and audio criticism can be produced through these short archival clips? If you're a researcher with the Spoken Web Project, do think about joining me on Shortcuts to discuss an archival clip that has impacted your work, especially if you're a student who has been digitizing and cataloging recordings and there's a sound that stands out to you after all those hours of listening get in touch. Write to spokenwebpodcast at gmail.com. Now, as I've always done to start each season, let's dive into the archives of shortcuts. We'll listen to clips from the previous season, season three, in order to hear what shortcuts sounds like. We'll do this as an exercise in listening, an exercise in archival listening. From now on, all of the sounds will be clips from season three of Shortcuts, and that includes that my includes voiceover. My voiceover. My voiceover. I am holding the sound carefully, knowing how difficult it can be to take a recorded voice with all of its situated affect attached to it out of the archives, to unarchive carefully. Lee read the, the epigram um, back to me on, uh, in uh, Montreal, and um, I was very honored to, that she had um, written it back to me. And I'm, I've been trying to write her back an epigram. We might uh, make a book. <laughs> uh, so I haven't got very far with the epigram except to say, um, write me out of this epigram, Lee. You are so much water. You are too much water, too much rock, so much eagle. Write me out of this epigram, Lee. I am so much bush, so much ocean, so much rage. That's just the beginning. <laughs> 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 so it's supposed to go and like write us out of this goddamn epic. <laughs> yeah. I want to read a couple poems about uh, South Africa. Brand starts her reading after Miracle with a poem for South Africa, and that is exactly how Miracle had started hers. I am taking all of these audio clips out of their contexts, out of their linear order in which they would have been heard in the reading, but in doing so, I'm trying to bring to the forefront the connections that are embedded within it, and the conversation happening between poets in the reading itself. Stood among what I thought were the extraordinarily evocative photographs of his stone gloves and gave a reading at the University of Alberta. He hasn't been back since. Since that time... The book Stone Gloves has been published, and last year Talon Books brought out a huge, monumental Transcandle Letters, a book which is delightful, engaging, and all the things that Roy Kuki is, which means multiplex and full of many, many wonders. It's my pleasure to introduce Roy Kuki to you today. 
they'll be right up to your feet. That won't be too bad. Um, Penny is the author of most recently Transform, which is a marvelous looking book as well as a very, very fine book. Still a bit of not much. <laughs> We're happy to welcome Leona Gone. Oh, there's your friend. There's a little bit of room if you want to sit on the floor here. This is a poem that I wrote um, when I was about, oh, I don't know, seven or eight months pregnant. Bird of Passage. I wrote it in Vancouver. Springtime again. Bird of Passage. Here was Marlott in 1970 saying that she had written this poem, Bird of Passage, while she was pregnant. That is significant in and of itself when thinking of the body, but now I was hearing it with the full resonance of her recent conversation with Shearer and Butchart from the podcast, and what Marlott says when the date of the recording that they were discussing, July 1969, is mentioned. Interesting that date, because I had given birth to my son at the beginning of May. So I was a young mother. Um, My body had gone through a major experience. Um, that was not the experience that I'd had when I wrote those poems. Uh, What was interesting to me hearing last night at the reading, there was so much, uh, my voice was so much more present in those poems than I had remembered my voice being. I think also overlapping contexts, for lack Mm. of a better word, have been Mm. something of I think we've been working to indicate such as if someone appears in an episode in a Zoom interview and then an archival recording of them uh, and that archival recording includes them speaking to the audience as an aside and then performing uh, poetry and then maybe they're in kind of um, a more formal voiceover audio like there might be four instances of like slightly different context to indicate. You asked me what it was like what I thought about when hearing it and um it's it's strange. It's strange to hear that kind of reflection of yourself and to... I didn't realize that it was as far back as 2016 because it feels a lot sooner. I remember what I was thinking about. I remember what my poetry, my poetic preoccupations were at the time. I remember how far that poem came because it was young and sentimental when mm-hmm. I wrote it. And then it was not like that by the time it was published. Mm-hmm. Um, it took on a different sort of personality by the time it was published. But yeah, I remember everything that I was thinking about. I remember how excited I was about it. Yeah, it's just a, so thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. What form the oral? A foundation. So
is a setting on music. This is. What is this? It is as though she is asking us to consider what is this thisness of sonority, of an impossible lone sound, of the ghost of sound. Wanting you, I forgot you. You erased my name. Erasing you, the wanting forgotten, I tried your name. The emotional weight of archives. In the gold-darkening light you dressed, I hid my face in my hair. The room that held you is still here. You brought me clarity. Gift after gift I wear. Poems naked in the sunlight, on the floor. To what extent are we trying, trying to remember, or trying to erase a memory that may not be ours in the first place? I wanted to forget you, so I tried to erase your name. And yet, having heard it, that memory can never be forgotten. You've been listening to Shortcuts. Shortcuts is transcribed by Kelly Cubbon, mixed and mastered by Miranda Eastwood, and produced by me, Catherine McLeod. Thanks for listening. <laughs>